Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three mistakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hey guys, welcome to a special edition of the Falcoholic Podcast, the official podcast of the Atlanta Falcons on the SB Nation Podcast Network. This is David Walker, and we're going to discuss the pro football focus scores for the Falcons at the midway point of the season. In today's edition, we will discuss the defense, including some of the scores and trends that stand out the most. With that said, let's jump into it. In the previous podcast, we covered the sort of the why PFF, why we use these scores versus conventional statistics. So please refer back to that on uh, PFF, uh, why it's advantageous, uh, and the scoring system that's being used. Uh, I'm going to be referring to the grades in the defense in the same way we did with the offense, uh, and let's just jump into what we've seen. So I want to start with the, the top five guys on this Dreadful Falcons defense. Obviously, if we look at conventional statistics, uh, they are ranking, uh, you know, towards the bottom three in the league. Uh, in the same vein of teams like the Miami Dolphins. I mean, this is obviously a disastrous year for this defense. Um, but I want to look at the top five guys, the bottom five guys, and get a feel for uh, what the future of this team may be uh, after 2019. So at the very top, this name isn't going to surprise anybody. I think anyone who has watched the Falcons knows he's one of the few guys that shows up every single week, and that's Grady Jarrett. Uh, His score puts him in the rare elite category. As a matter of fact, he is the only Falcons player offense or defense uh, that is in that top, top tier of the PFF scores. He is one of the best at his position, uh, and he is absolutely the best defender on this team. Uh, next to him, number two on this list, uh, some of you may be surprised, some of you not. Uh, I think he has gotten a lot of flack this year, but I don't think he's been nearly as bad as some fans have said, is Deion Jones. Uh, he is someone who in the past has ranked uh, higher than he has uh, this year. Um, you know, The past couple years, he has actually ranked uh, closer to that elite tier. As it is, he is sort of in that above average tier. Um, Some interesting notes about him, the one area he is struggling in where he is just simply average uh, is in tackling. So he has missed some tackles. I think we've all seen that this year, and it's reflected in his grade. Um, His overall run defense, as far as being in the right place, uh, making plays is is, fairly good. Uh, And his coverage is excellent. He is, um, (laughs) and we're going to get into this conversation in a little bit, his coverage grade is actually the highest on the team. He ranks uh, well above average. Uh, in that category and ranks higher than any of the guys in our secondary. So that probably gives you an idea of uh, the trends we're seeing there. Um, Number three on this list, and I'm going to put the caveat on this, of limited snap count. He has just 60 total snaps so far this season. Number three is John Kaminsky, the rookie um, that a lot of fans were excited about. His grade is just under Dion. He is ranking as uh, a well above average 
starter or a player on this defense, clearly not a starter. Uh, his tackling is excellent. His run defense is excellent. Um, his pass rush is average, uh, bordering on good. But uh, this guy, you know, in the snaps that he's gotten has shown that uh, at least, you know, 60 snaps, it's very limited sample size, but he has shown that he is a good player. Hopefully, he will get uh, more snaps as uh, the season progresses. Uh, number four on this list, we've heard his name a lot, and, and it's showing up for a reason. Uh, Tyler Davison, he's arguably the best free agent signing for the Falcons this year. Uh, and he's got, a, again, a, a pretty good grade. He is well above average. Uh, his run defense is very, very strong. His pass rush is actually uh, above average. It's it's in that uh, above average uh, grading score for, for PFF. Uh, his coverage isn't good, which is fine. <laughs> he's a nose tackle. You don't want him in coverage, even though we've, we've actually seen that happen a few times. Uh, funny enough, his tackling score is is just merely average. But uh, overall, defensively, he is uh, our fourth highest rated player. Number five on this list, um, Adrian Claiborne. Um, his grade is going to be more in the above average, not necessarily good. Uh, you know, sort of middling average to above average uh, category. Uh, he really excels mostly um, in his run defense and his pass rush. His pass rush score is actually, you know, fairly good. Uh, it's it's not anything to write home about. And just to throw this in there, because I think uh, this is a, a name that's worth noting because we haven't seen a lot of snaps for him, even though he played a lot last year. Number six on the list, uh, Foyer Aluakun. So, uh, he has actually got a, a very good pass rush score, uh, apparently from blitzing. Uh, he is one of our best tacklers on the team. Uh, he ranks uh, in in the above average. Uh, you know, it's a pretty good category, and you know he is someone that he's he's just got 98 snaps out of uh, the 537 that have been played on defense this year. So that tells you a lot, um, especially when you look at uh, Devondre Campbell, who is you know he is. Sneak preview, he is not in the bottom five, but he is not anywhere near the top ten. Uh, you, you see Devondre Campbell with 488 snaps, and you, you have to wonder, why is Foyer not getting more snaps? You know, what's going on with the coaching situation where you know he's clearly one of our better defensive players when he gets the opportunity? Why not see if he can continue that trend with more snaps? Um, it, of all the defensive questions, clearly this is one of the many that comes up, uh, and I think it's a fair one. You know, Foyer has... Uh, shown in you know the snaps that he's gotten between last year and this year that he is, uh, he's he's a relatively good player and I'd like to see him get some opportunities to develop especially with the fact that Campbell is probably going to be gone after this season there's very little chance that Campbell is going to be a Falcon in 2020 uh, when you pa- pack on the fact that he's having a poor season uh, you know they just paid Deion Jones it's more than likely that they're either going to draft another linebacker or hope that one of Foyer Lucon or uh, Jermaine Grace can step up into uh, more of a starting role in 2020. Uh, and obviously with potential coaching changes coming, all of that is up in the air, but I'd be very surprised if Campbell is back. So I, I would I would not be surprised if we see Foyer get more snaps in the second half of the season, especially with how he's done through the first eight games. Now, the bottom five guys. Uh, you guys probably have some uh, guesses as to who is going to be on this list. And you, you're going to be surprised. Um, it's not the names you would necessarily be expecting. Uh, I know many of you think Vic, uh, Vic Beasley is going to be at the bottom of this list. He's not. Um, 
many of you may think, okay, uh, you know, clearly Desmond Trufant is at the bottom of this list. No, he's not. Um, I will say for Beasley and Trufant, they are sort of in the middle of the pack for the Falcons. Uh, and I'm going to bring up their scores and how they rank a little bit later, you know, to, to sort of point out some of the specific guys on this defense. But let's look at the bottom five. The absolute worst player this year for the Falcons, and I hate this because I was a huge fan of his last year. Uh, and obviously Evan Birchfield, uh, you know, our fellow writer uh, who's also on the postgame podcast with me, loves Jack. He, he actually runs his fan account for him, um, is Jack Crawford. Jack Crawford is at the bottom of this list. Uh, he has got a poor score overall. Uh, he's terrible in run defense. Uh, his tackling is okay. His pass rush is below average. Uh, just having a rough follow-up season. Um, and, and I don't want to you know, pile on uh, with Jack because uh, he is someone that had a really good year last year. And frankly, this entire defense is struggling. Um, which makes you wonder, you know, how much of this is the players, you know, true regression of their, um, of them regressing back to what they really are, and how much of this is the coaching or the scheme? Uh, and I think that is a very fair question to ask with this defense. Uh, we're going to dive into that in just a little bit. Uh, right behind Jack on this list is rookie Kendall Sheffield. He has uh, got a poor score. Um, his coverage score is abysmal. Uh, he's actually, you know, one of the worst ranked on this team. Uh, and in fairness, he's a rookie. He's a rookie corner. Corner is a, such a difficult position uh, to learn in the NFL. I do think he has had some bright spots, uh, and you can see that. He has had you know a game or two where he has uh, played fairly well, but on average through the first eight games, um, he, has, he has not been particularly good. Uh, the next name on this list... Uh, you know, limited sample size, given the fact that he went out with injury pretty early, was Keanu Neal. Uh, really surprising here. Um, the only thing he graded sort of average or above average in was tackling and pass rush. Uh, his coverage was pretty poor. Uh, his run defense was pretty poor. Um, you know, 166 snaps total that they have here based out of the 537. Uh, the next name on this list above him uh, Sherrod Naisman, only three snaps. I'm going to, you know, pass, uh, by him, uh, right next to him though. Um, the fifth worst by PFF scores is Kamal Ishmael. Um, his pass rush score is okay. Otherwise his coverage is bad. His run defense isn't great. Um, he has clearly not been much better, uh, than what we had at strong safety. And, and, you know, obviously, I do want to say for Keanu Neal, we do have to keep in mind he was coming back from an ACL injury, and that is an injury that you know can take a while to recover from. Uh, so I think it's fair to say that before he went out again with the Achilles injury, the ACL injury, he may not have been back 100% uh, for this season. And I don't want to judge him too harshly for these rough scores, but you know Ishmael is healthy, he's a veteran, and he's struggling. Um, and then finally, you know, sort of number six on the list, but, you know, we're, we're skipping over Sherrod Neesman because of his limited snap counts, um, is Bleedy Ray Wilson. Uh, he, is, uh, he has a really bad coverage score. Funny enough, his run defense, his tackling is, is sort of average, maybe slightly above average, um, but his overall score is, is pretty poor. Um, some names right above Bleedy Ray on, on the bad part of the list, Ricardo Allen, um, and Rico is, you know, his, it's, he's really getting dinged more for his coverage score than anything. His run defense and his tackling have been, like, really strong. Uh, Devondre Campbell is right above him. Uh, his tackling, Devondre Campbell's tackling is actually greater than strong. His coverage is abysmal. Uh, and then right above both those guys is DeMonte Casey, who's 
clearly not following up his blockbuster season in 2018 with a good season. Of course, you know, a little bit of a caveat there. He is switching uh, from safety in 2018 uh, to corner in 2019. So this may bring up questions about whether he is actually still being used in the correct role. I know in the last game before the bye, we did see KZ more at free safety. Rico dropped down to strong safety. Uh, those moves, I think, make some sense since KZ did fairly well at free safety in 2018. And Rico is one of our better tacklers on the team. So uh, obviously, this remains to be seen. This is just the midway point. Um, you know, I, I do want to emphasize that this through eight games, these scores can change dramatically over the back half of the season. So I don't think we should make any firm conclusions about what this defense is, about the talent, about how these guys are performing. Uh, but I do think it's fair to say that you know through eight games, the defense is bad. And, and the names that we thought have been good are not surprising. And the names that we thought you know maybe were not as good, uh, it's, there's a little bit of a mixed bag there. I will say this. There, outside of Deion Jones, there is not a single player on this defense with a coverage score that puts them in the good category. Deion has a coverage score that makes him, uh, you know, very good, you know, borderline, uh, well above average and very good in that category. No one else is close to it. Um, his score, 78.4, is uh, for Dion. Uh, the next highest guy in coverage. Um, per PFF is Foyer with a 65.4. And that, that's a pretty steep drop-off from a coverage standpoint. And there is a lot, and I say a lot of red, sort of the very poor coverage uh, for this Falcons defense, which, again, is not entirely surprising uh, given what we've seen this year. So we're going to dive into some of the individual players, some guys that you, you're probably curious about. Um, but before we do that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. We're back on the Falcoholic podcast. This special edition is covering the Falcons' PFF scores uh, for their defense through the first eight games of the season. This is David Walker. Thanks for being with me. Let's talk now about some of the young guys and how they're looking according to these scores. Um, one of the first things I want to bring up, Isaiah Oliver. I think a lot of fans have been sort of piling on him. It's his first year as a starter. Uh, he has clearly struggled at times. But the funny thing is, he is one of our top 10 players on defense. So uh, I don't know if that's good or bad. It's arguably bad. He is someone whose grade has improved steadily. Um, he has had some ups and downs, but it, it's his grade is getting better as the season progresses. Uh, he is actually good in run defense. I think if you watch the games, you can see that as a trend. Uh, his coverage score has actually gotten better. He has uh, moved up. So he is simply now ranked as average uh, for you know, his position. So, you know, it, 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 honestly, it's his first year starting. It's his second year in the league. It's one of the most difficult positions in the NFL. I think fans who 
have written him off are doing him an injustice. There are reasons, I think, with Oliver to be patient um, and to hope that he can turn into uh, a better starter than what we're seeing this year. The, the needle is moving up. You know, as I mentioned, uh, we have seen him get you know several uh, pass deflections throughout the season, and you know he's got uh, five five pass breakups uh, during the year. Uh, he is someone that I think I- I'm not willing to write him off yet. Uh, his his scores are not terrible, uh, especially you know when you look compared to some of the other guys in the secondary. He is not the worst one, you know. Like I mentioned, he is in that top ten of our defensive players. So he's young. He's got a ton of potential. He's got the athletic traits. Uh, way too soon to write off Isaiah. Obviously, we want to see him improve. We want to continue to see him grow as a player and as a starter. Um, but for those of you who think he's, you know, one of the worst players on the team, eh, at least according to PFF, through eight games, he's not. He's now. It's damning praise to say he's one of the top ten guys on a really, really bad defense. So. You know, obviously, we'll take it with a grain of salt, but he is not uh, one of the biggest factors as for why this defense is bad, at least not by himself. Um, John Kaminsky, I, I, I was sort of stunned when I saw his grades. Uh, you know, he is well above average. He's in that good category as a rookie. And again, 60 snaps. I know, it, you know, it's sort of um, such a small sample size, but at minimum, at minimum, you would think in the second half of the year, the Falcons would see this and say, okay, clearly he is someone that we thought had a ton of potential coming out of the draft. In the snaps he's gotten, he has played well. Let's see what he can do with more snaps. There is simply no reason to, to continue to play uh, you know, a veteran, uh, for instance, like, like Jack Crawford, who more than likely is not going to be on the team next year. Um, let's move those snaps. Let's move the snaps uh, from Vic Beasley, who we know is not going to be on this team next year. Let's move those snaps to John Kaminsky. Let's see what he can do. If the, if the grades drop, that's fine, but let's get him some playing time. He is someone as a young guy. I'm, I'm still excited about, excited about his long-term potential. Um, and he is, you know, he's proven it. The first eight games, he is our third highest graded player. So very excited about that. Um, Kendall Sheffield. Uh you know, I, I, I want to see what he does in the second half of this season. Uh, we've seen some glimpses. I thought he played against Seattle very well, even though the scores don't reflect it. So, you know, sometimes you have to make your own conclusions. You can't rely solely on, you know, analytics uh, to get you your conclusions. I thought he did a fairly good job of coverage, even though he got beat by perfect passes from Russell Wilson. Uh, you, you really can't blame the corner in that instance, but he was in position. He was where he needed to be. Uh, any other quarterback, any other receiver in that situation, I'd say nine times out of ten, uh, his coverage pre- prevents that from being a completed pass. So something to to look at with him over the long run. Let's see how he finishes the season if this score trends up. Clearly a rookie, a corner, it's a tough position. Let's see how he develops through the remainder of this season. Uh, finally, DeMonte KZ, you know, as I mentioned earlier, uh, sort of taking a step back from his really, really strong 2018 campaign. I am going to be curious to see if now that they're moving him sort of out of that uh, slot role and into you know the free safety role again, where you know he and Rico were sort of you know sharing the the, the safety responsibilities. If that's going to help his scores, if that's going to help him look better in the second half of the season. Again, I was someone who was extremely, extremely excited about his potential heading into this season. He's had a down year, but again, in fairness, 
this entire defense is having a down year, so I don't want to pile on one player for what is a trend that is, you know, infecting the entire defensive roster outside of, you know, a select few guys. Um, let's talk about some of the big names, some of the starters on this team, some of the guys that maybe you're probably curious about, you know, how, how does this guy look, how does this guy look? I want to start with our two pass rushers, and, you know, we'll use that term uh, somewhat loosely here. Uh, we'll start, obviously, first with Vic Beasley. Where does he rank in this Falcons defense? He's actually sort of in the middle, right below the middle, uh, comparatively. And again, consider that damning praise for one of the worst defenses in the league. Um, his run defense is actually above average. It's decent. Uh, his tackling is not so great. It's poor. His pass rush is actually sort of average, maybe slightly below average, but it's not abysmal. Um, I, you know, take that with a, for what you will, he's clearly not getting it done. He's not getting the sacks, but, uh, at least PFF thinks, all right, he is not nearly as bad as what fans think. Clearly he is not worth the 13 million he got in the fifth year deal of his, uh, contract, uh, his rookie contract. So that, you know, I, I think that's part of the problem. If we were paying, $3 million for this production, I don't think it would be as bad. Uh, he's clearly not someone you're going to build your franchise around at this point. He's, it's, there's no reason to keep him. He's not doing anything special as a player uh, in his fifth year. So, uh, But is he the worst player on this defense? Actually, no. He's, you know, there's a lot of guys that are sort of um, disappointing, more disappointing than he is. Uh, I think it, what hurts him is his draft position clearly you know, a top 10 pick uh, that you hoped to be a, a, a generational pass rusher has turned into little more than, you know, just a bump in the road. And, you know, obviously the money, the money he's getting paid hurts. Uh, and I think fans are rightfully uh, sort of frustrated with that. Now let's talk about our other first round pass rusher, Tack McKinley. He's number seven. In, in the grades uh, on this list. His pass rush grade is actually above average. It's above average and bordering on good. And I think this is where, because we're not seeing the sacks, people are thinking, oh, well, he's not getting it done. Here's the thing. Of all of the players on this team, he has the most total pressures. He obviously has just one sack, but he has eight hits and 13 hurries through the first eight games. Now, those are obviously not numbers to go, you know, screaming, uh, you know, about about how amazing they are, clearly. But I, I think Tack is not nearly as bad as, as fans have been uh, thinking. And, and we need him to be better. Don't get me wrong. We need him to be better. We need more out of our first-round draft pick. His tackling grade is abysmal. It's, it's incredibly poor. Um, but his pass rush is slightly above average. His grade is slightly above average. Um, he is still someone that I think can be built on. I think if you get the right coach in here, you get him motivated. I, I still feel like, and we've seen flashes of it this season. So I think Tack is someone, again, it's sort of like Isaiah Oliver, that I, I want to see more. I, I think he's capable of more. I'm not willing to write him off just yet. Maybe he's not a number one pass rusher. Maybe he's not that guy you know, that's going to get you 16 sacks per year. But I think if you pair him up, with someone that can be the number one guy uh, to, to generate pressure off the edge. I think he would be a great complimentary pass rusher, a guy who's going to get you maybe uh, in a better defense, a better call defense. You know, Maybe he's going to get you more like eight to ten sacks in a year. He's not going to be a pro bowler. 
but he's going to be someone that can contribute in, in maybe more of a limited role. Um, and I think that's, you know, it, it's not ideal. It's not perfect. You spend a first round draft pick on this guy. Um, but I do still think that he can be a successful pass rusher in this league. Uh, and these numbers sort of back that up. He's, he's not, he's not at the point where you're, you need to write him off. These grades are not terrible. Uh, and I think with the right coaching, uh, the right scheme, he's someone that we, we could see perform better than this. And again, as a whole, this whole defense is sort of disappointing. So I don't want to, you know, pile on to tack when clearly so much has gone wrong across the board. Um, Finally, one last name I want to highlight is Desmond Trufant because I feel like he is someone that fans I've heard repeatedly want to trade, and I get that he is you know getting close to thirty. He may be thirty at this point. Uh, he has struggled with some injuries and you know relatively poor performance. Uh, his grade puts him right in the middle of the pack. Uh, overall, he ranks as sort of average, um, so he's not abysmal. Uh, his run defense is above average. His tackling is god-awful, one of the worst tacklers on their team, which incidentally is consistent with where he's always been. We've sort of known that. He follows the, the uh, uh, Deion Sanders model of playing corner, um, and his coverage is you know just average, slightly below average. So should we move on from true font? I mean, I, you know, the, the Falcons have cap issues, uh, in 2020. He is certainly a name. I think they, you know, the team could decide to move on from much of that's going to depend on, you know, the coach that comes in. I still think he can play at a better level. Again, everyone is sort of a downgrade this year. If you look at the secondary as a whole, Desmond Trufant, Ricardo Allen, Bleedy Ray Wilson, uh, Kendall Sheffield, um, Isaiah Oliver, Oliver being the highest ranked of all those guys, all of them have poor coverage grades, poor poor or abysmal coverage grades. Um, and some of these guys are veterans who you you know who you would expect more of. And I think the big trend here that we're seeing in this Falcon secondary is everybody has regressed. Everybody, Ricardo Allen, Keanu Neal, Ishmael Wilson, uh, Trufant, all of them, based on where they were last year. Every single one of them has a grade that has regressed from a coverage standpoint. Now, what are the chances that your entire secondary regresses all in the same season and that it's all on the players? And I think that's the thing you have to keep in mind. To me, the likelihood that you have five, six, seven guys all regressing at once in a particular position group in that secondary is highly unlikely. It points to at least in my mind, it points to coaching issues. And, you know, obviously we have spoken on the podcast in the past about Dan Quinn and the struggles with the defense and how it is on him this year. But I think it is important to emphasize that the entire secondary has regressed. I just don't think that comes down to only the players. Now, I'm not saying that the players don't own, you know, some responsibility in this. Clearly they do. Injury could be a factor with several of these guys, including Trufant, Ricardo Allen coming off the Achilles injury could could be a big factor. Keanu Neal clearly uh, was coming back from the ACL before he suffered another injury. You know, it it could be a mix of factors, but I find it hard to believe that an entire defensive secondary would regress all at once without coaching being some sort of a factor in that. How much of a factor? It's hard to say because of the the confluence of of things that we just mentioned, the injuries and whatnot. 
But I think at minimum, you have to give these players an opportunity under a different defensive coach and or see how they you know play through the remainder of the season to begin to vet out how much of it was coaching versus the players themselves. So to wrap this up, uh, I want to highlight you know the the best players in each category, uh, just so you guys have a feel for you know who's standing out. Our best run defender, Grady Jarrett, uh, bar none. He is uh, right behind him is Tyler Davison, which you would expect. That's what he was brought in for. And then Rico Allen right behind him. But Grady is uh, definitely our best run defender. Um, in coverage, you know, I mentioned it earlier, Deion Jones is still a stud in coverage. Uh, and for fans who have piled on him this year, you know, clearly he's not playing up to his normal elite standard, which is where he has ranked uh, in the past with PFF. He is simply now just a good linebacker, uh, and <laughs> which seems you know funny to sort of pile on to one of your best players on your your defense. Um, right behind him, as I mentioned er- earlier, uh, Foye Luokun, and when Allen Bailey, uh, your one of your defensive linemen, is third in in your coverage score, you know something has gone horribly, horribly wrong. Um, Finally, our best um, pass rushers. Uh, Keanu Neal, before he went out, I'm going to ignore that because the snap counts. Grady Jarrett, uh, he's clearly one of our best pass rushers. He's got three sacks, um, 19 total pressures, uh, five hits, 11 hurries. Uh, we, were, we were so lucky to have him locked up for the long term. He is uh, truly one of the best players at his position. Uh, for fans that don't think, that think he's overrated, I'm sorry, you're wrong. Grady is one of the best in interior defensive lineman in the NFL right now. Um, he is the one bright spot uh, consistently on this defense from game to game to game. Um, behind him in the pass rush is Foye, Luakon, and then Kamal Ishmael. So the fact that you know you have to go a little bit further down the list to get to Tack McKinley, uh, you know, John Kaminsky, and much further down the list to get to you know someone like Vic Beasley tells us a lot about you know where this Falcons pass rush is at. So with that said, if you guys have questions about these PFF scores, about other trends, you know, maybe some you know questions about specific players, uh, how they're doing you know, in in different areas, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter at FalcoholicDW. Uh, I will be happy to answer what I can uh, within reason. Uh, and thanks, guys, for tuning into this podcast. We will recap these PFF scores. We'll revisit them at the end of the season once uh, you know the full slate of games are in to see. You know which guys are getting better, which guys are regressing, uh, which guys you know maybe we need to move on from uh, when when predictably you know potentially a new coaching staff comes in. So with that said, uh, stay tuned uh, over the coming weeks. We've got obviously our post game podcasts coming up with myself and Evan Birchfield, uh, the regular podcast with Gina Thomas and I uh, and our guests, and of course uh, we'll be bringing back Crossfire here in the very near future to debate some of the upcoming topics for the Falcons, including, you know, what they should do with their coaching situation. So uh, thanks guys for tuning in. Uh, We'll talk with you next time.